Hi everyone, it's Sarah here and I am here together with Claire. Hello. And we are continuing our series about worship. And today we're going to be looking at the topic of the pain of worship. So that sounds fun. Yeah. Um, so what are we what are we actually looking at there, Claire? What's what's the question we're exploring in this idea of the pain of worship? I think we're exploring this idea that worship should be well, shouldn't worship kind of be easy and great and a fabulous emotional experience where we feel full intimacy with God every time? Is that a reasonable expectation for us? Yeah, I mean, it would be nice. It really would, would be, be more nice. than nice. It would be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, yes, I think for the, any of us who've been doing this for, for more than a few weeks, we know that that's not always the case and that actually sometimes we just don't want to worship. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I guess today we're wanting to sort of explore some of that tension of what's going on for us and why why does it matter to worship even when you uh, when it's painful and when it's costly i remember last week we talked about how worship is the place where there are lots of tensions that meet and are held together mm. and one of those is the tension of the now and the not yet so in other words we live right now in um, a state of partial brokenness mm. most of the time. And yet we are looking forward to a time when that will change and everything will be made new. So the Bible paints this picture of worship one day as being uh, when God's people are face to face with God, with none of um the pain and brokenness of our relationship with God or our relationships with one another there anymore. All of our tears will be dried. Everything will be made new and there will be kind of a completeness and a wholeness to worship. That's the not yet. The now is that we are in pain, in personal pain, in relational pain, in planetary pain, and we we are um, in worship. We experience the presence of God, but we can also feel this um, like an absence of God. There, we can also feel the distance um, that we sometimes have in that relationship. Mm. It's like um, we have had a taste of that, or we can have a taste of that of what's coming of that time when there yeah. when we will be, you know, face to face with our Father. And the joy of that, and then we also experience at times the absence of that and lo the longing. I think I think worship can yeah. really be a place of longing yes. and expressing that longing for more, the longing for things to be made whole and made right and made good. Um, but there is also there's also wonderful times in worship of joy and yeah. experience of God and His love. Yeah, celebration, praise, throwing your hands up. We talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think worship has this interesting habit of bringing things up to the surface, to mm. things that have been hidden. So if we're feeling tension or disappointment or frustration, sometimes we feel the presence of those more intensely, even in the midst of feeling um, the presence of God. 
It's complicated. <laughs> yes, it's a real relationship. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And and I, I guess the thing that we see time and time again in the Bible is that worship is costly. Yeah. You know, the whole of the Old Testament, the way in the whole of the Old Testament, the way that people worshipped was that it was a, a real cost, a real financial cost. Yeah. It was it was sacrifices, literally. Yes. Yes. Sacrificing the equivalent of your assets and your money and yeah your potential for future earning um your security yeah all of those things yes that's right you really can't separate um worship from the altar that place where we lay things down before the lord Mm. and i think david um he paints a really interesting picture of that um, because he really understood that for sacrifice to have value, for our worship to be worth something, then it will cost you. Because if we talk about worship as this thing that we ascribe value to, if you don't value something, then you won't sacrifice for it. Mm-hmm. So there's this um, little snippet into Samuel where David wants to purchase some land to build an altar. And because he is the king, The owner of that land says, have it for free, of Mm. course. And David says, no, 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 no. I insist on paying you for it because I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings. That cost me nothing. Mm. Yeah, and, you know, we know that David, he really understood what worship was. He authored so many of the the worship songs in the Old Testament and he... um, as a person, he really got it. He really got what worship was all about. Mm. Then I think if we jump to the New Testament, there's the story that we're going to look at today, which also speaks to this idea of the costliness of worship and the pain in worship as well. So I'm going to read from Mark chapter 14, verse 1 to verse 9. It was now two days before Passover and the festival of unleavened bread. The leading priests and the teachers of religious law were still looking for an opportunity to capture Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the Passover celebration, they agreed, or the people may riot. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard. She broke open the jar and poured the perfume over his head. Some of those at the table were indignant. Why waste such expensive perfume, they asked. It could have been sold for a year's wages and the money given to the poor. So they scolded her harshly. But Jesus replied, leave her alone. Why criticise her for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, and you can help them whenever you want to, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. Just like we are right now, remembering (laughs) and discussing. (laughs) 
Yeah. So what what jumps out at you, Claire, from the story? I I love Jesus' reaction to that because it reminds me that um, Jesus thinks that worship is really beautiful and it really blesses his heart. I mean, my understanding is that that ointment or the alabaster jar, what was in it was really, was really costly. Um, and it's interesting that uh, she obviously made this financial cost, but it was also quite a humiliating thing for her to do. Like it cost her her dignity in the sense that people who were very um, looked up to in her community, she really made a spectacle of herself mm. in front of them and they made it clear how they felt about that. Um, but she was, it looked foolish, which mm. is kind of interesting because David didn't mind looking foolish either, you know, when he was dancing around wildly. Uh, he was mocked as well. So it is kind of interesting that the mm. world mocks worship um, in a way. Yeah. It always looks silly. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, so here we see that that the worship, it cost this woman financially it cost her in terms of her reputation and her dignity. Um, what does what the cost of worship look like for us today? Well, whenever you say yes to something, you have to say no to something else. And that is the same uh, when it comes to worship. If we say yes to worship, we have to say no to something else that could, we could be spending our time or our focus or our energy or... Or even um, just our passion on, right, our love yes, on. absolutely. Yeah. Um, there's so often other things that we would rather be doing, like that I still think that that lunging of the heart picture is quite helpful. Our heart's always lunging after other things. I know my heart is not always lunging after worship, that's for sure. Um. Yeah, I was just remembering this time a um, little while ago where for a couple of years I felt like the Lord had asked me to just go in and worship with a friend of mine who lived in King's Cross in the city. And that meant getting somebody to look after my kids and packing my keyboard in the car and trying to find a car park and lugging it around <laughs> and then being like emotionally <laughs> ready to to worship with her and it was just her and me and the Lord basically. Mm. And and that actually was like two years, maybe more, nearly maybe at least every second week. And there were many mornings when I did that with gritted teeth because everything in me loves to be productive and achieve tangible outcomes and, and whatever. Mm. Um, so that was a really interesting experience in um, paying the price to do something that I felt the Lord was asking of me. Mm. But it was also, I mean, there were probably some of the most intense experiences of God's, God's presence um, and God's word mm. spoken, you know, into our hearts. So, it, I mean, it's always worth it, right? You don't walk away from worship thinking, well, that was a waste of time. Well, not usually anyway. Mm, that's right. But there is also <laughs> this this cost. And and I guess, I mean, you're talking about it now, but it's, 
it was a very unseen part of your life. There was no one cheering for Claire as she gave up that time <laughs> every week or every second week, whatever it was, um, to do that. And But I, I think it's important to remember that God sees our worship and he is so blessed by it because he really understands the cost of worship to us. And I think yeah. that's why Jesus really got it when this woman poured out that perfume because he understood in every way what it was costing her to do that and it brought yeah. him joy and i think it's yeah. the same with our worship of god now that when we when we worship and especially when it's costly for us or painful for us god god really values that gift yeah i think it really moves him actually mm. i think he's moved i think he's touched by our worship um in a way that probably not much else can do mm. in the in the same way yeah, and I think another area of, um, of, of the cost of worship is the cost to our hearts, and particularly when we're in pain, particularly when we have something really difficult going on in life or even just in our relationship with God, something that we don't understand that's going on and that is causing us pain. Um, when we choose to come and worship anyway when we're in pain, I think that's, that's a sacrifice that God really values and really feels blessed by. Yeah. Um, I can remember a time a number of years ago when Andrew and I were living in Kazakhstan and we were, we were running a, you know, leading a small faith community and every morning, you know, Monday to Friday, we would start off our, our working day with an hour of worship and prayer. And, you know, that was wonderful at the beginning when things were going great and we're on a sort of a spiritual high and everything was exciting and new and we saw God answering prayers and doing lots of, th lots of wonderful things. Yeah. But then I went into um, a period of time, it was a number of years, where actually God wasn't answering my prayers and he wasn't doing what I wanted him to do and there were things going on in my life that were so crushingly painful personally that nothing in me wanted to worship God. <laughs> but interestingly, we had this structure set up in our, our week. You know, we had this time every morning for worship. And so there were plenty of days that I dragged myself along and there were times when I engaged more than others. But I still showed up and I know that there was – it. I think God was blessed by that. And I also know that it did really good things for my soul to choose to worship, that it enabled me to shift from just being so absorbed and so depressed by my own circumstances mm -hmm. and to actually shift my focus to God, to kind of, you know, lift my head up above above all of the, the fog that I was in and and to catch glimpses of God and of his his love for me and of his goodness. Um, yeah. And so I, I guess I would encourage people that if you're in a, a place of pain right now, don't stop worshipping. You actually need, you need to worship. And God really values your worship because he understands how hard it is at times to bring that worship and just how much it's costing you and costing your heart to do it. Mm. Yeah, it, I think... The cost to our heart is is a real thing. Um, I know we've talked about lament a bit 
before at Viva, but um, one of the things that I have only recently discovered actually is that the book of Psalms is actually labelled the Tehillim in Hebrew, which means songs of praise. And that book of Psalms is just full of lament. Yeah. So that means laments are actually called songs of praise, hmm. not poetic complaining. Yeah. So I, I think the difference between a lament and just grumbling is really your perspective and your take on God's character. Because when, when say, the Israelites are grumbling in the wilderness or, or we see complaining, usually what's underlying that is this accusation against God's character, this, um, this complaint that God is mean, that he is harsh, um, that he's uncaring, he's unlistening. And um, this is a complaining about, uh, really a complaining against God, mm. whereas a lament is actually uh, this heartbroken cry to a God who actually is listening and who um, we really know and understand is good uh, and is a father and is attentive and is faithful and we are bringing this cry of despair, this wail to that God, um, even though um, everything in our experience and our soul is kind of screaming that God is not these things. Actually, the, 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 the lament is this, actually God is, and I'm going to bring my cry to him because I know he will listen even though um, I'm heartbroken or I'm in pain. So ultimately that lament will lead us back to, to the feet of Jesus again. I mean, so, so often we see this journey in lament of, mm. of coming back to God and they usually end in some declaration of God's faithfulness and some kind of cry of hope that, yes, this, this will pass, something mm. will happen. You know, my God's listening and he'll, he'll work it out. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it really brings us back to that point that worship is not just some sort of external going through the motions. It's something you really do with your whole heart, your whole being. And if what you have to bring at the time is tears, mm. then you bring those to God. You know, you bring your tears and you worship him with those and you worship him yeah. as being the one who is over and above the things that you're suffering or the things that you have questions about and don't understand. Um, and I think the powerful thing about lament is that it does, it does bring you to a different perspective and it, it does, it does something in your heart. Mm. I think, you know, it's not, we can't always understand that. I think it's a bit of a mystery, but it definitely, it brings a shift yeah. in what's going on. Yeah. But just retreating from worship or withdrawing from worship when you're in pain, it actually doesn't help you. <laughs> You might, it might be what you feel like doing at the time, but it doesn't help. Um, I think, That's true. you know, one, one psalm which I really love when it comes to lament, and actually there are so many of them, um, I encourage you actually if you're in a lot of pain 
to really go to the Psalms and to just start reading through the Psalms until you hit on the one that really speaks mm. what's going on in your heart at the moment. But anyway, a Psalm which I, which I really love is Psalm 73. And it's a very long Psalm, so I'm actually not going to read it out, but I do just encourage you to go and have a look at it. That's your homework for Sunday. <laughs> Go have a read of <laughs> Psalm good. seventy-three, and um, and try to pray it along with along with the psalmist. That is a good idea. Well, why don't you pray for us, Claire? And then we'll finish up. Father, I ask that you would help us to keep making the choice to, to worship, to cry out to you, to stay in the room with you rather than stalking out in, in frustration and disappointment. We ask that you would keep reminding us and bringing in front of us your goodness and faithfulness in the midst of all of our circumstances. Because we know in the deepest places of our hearts, God, that you are worthy of all the sacrifices we could make, Lord. You're worthy of all of it. What you, what you give to us, what you provided for us, what you've made a way for is worth it. So we ask that you would, you would lead us in this journey of um, worshipping in the easy places and the hard places. And I ask that you would teach us how to lament well, whether it's around a personal situation or whether that's a lament where we are showing our solidarity with uh, our brothers and sisters who are suffering in the Ukraine or whether it's our lament over a, a planet that is being more and more broken. We ask that you would teach us how to bring that pain back to you and back into your hands to put ourselves and all that we're carrying back into your more than capable hands. Mm -hmm.